Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we shout our questionable expertise into the yawning void of the internet. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Jeff Kowalski. Whoa! I'm taking it. <laughs> Jeff's decided he doesn't yeah. want it, and I'm just Oh, the usurper. The pretender to the throne. <laughs> when Jeff tries to buy it back, it is going to cost $1 million, so Ooh, better start yeah. saving, Jeff. Sit on that domain. <laughs> Guys, I was just typing uh, into my notes... Uh, the title of the podcast, Hack the Net, and I accidentally typed Hack the Hat. Ooh. Uh, so, what if we start doing gender stuff? Uh, oh, I see. That's not... <laughs> what I, if have, we did... I have Is no ideas beyond gender? that sentence. Hold on. Is heterosexual and gender in your mind? Ooh. This is a good question. Um, I just... I... Here's the problem. You're already out of your depth. This is not something yeah. you can tackle. <laughs> <laughs> could we Could we take abstract it one step further and change our show to Hack the Hex? Ooh. Okay. Where we're doing... We give people advice on spells. How to cheat at witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speedrun strats for Wicca. <laughs> you don't have to do, put curses on people. You can just put a bunch of poison in their food. I'm Ooh. pretty sure... I mean, that is a kind of curse. <laughs> I'm well, pretty sure cheating at witchcraft is how you get haunted by the devil. Yeah, mm. and then he comes to collect like that Rolling Stones song, "Haunted by the Devil." <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, you're gonna get dragged to hell. Mm-hmm. That's what that movie's about, right? Oh my god, that movie is so terrible. I hate it. I've talked at it. length about how much I dislike Sam Raimi, and that might be the worst Sam Raimi movie, which is saying a lot. It's really weird that that's a PG-13 movie. Yeah, they it's one of the grossest PG-13 movies. They PG-13 rating by having the word hell right in the title. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. not allowed to swear anymore in the movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, the, the, the title is spelled out with a pair of boobs. <laughs> As what letters? <laughs> Yeah, there's not uh, even any O's in there. The, the two? A, a lowercase a for drag. Okay. And, two. and the E in hell. No, they really, they missed the, the two O, which they is a real, the they're really, two. yeah, they're leaving money on the table there. So you can't really say a pair of boobs, because they're not really together. Uh, no, they just re- rearranged the title in a way that's unreadable. They're okay. legally separated, but they're still a pair. Okay, yep. fair. I guess. <laughs> I guess I'm done talking about it. When I say fair, that usually just means, let's... let's yeah, let's never this. speak of this again. Yeah. Um, but that movie is maybe the grossest movie I've ever seen in theaters, which is saying a lot, because I've seen a lot of gross movies. I've heard Why did you that see it in theaters? Uh, I made the mistake in college of a friend of mine was like, hey, let's all go see this movie at midnight in theaters because it was like Halloween time and we wanted to go see a scary movie. I was like, cool. And then I showed up and everyone except me was extremely high on weed. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, this is what we were doing. Mm, I probably should have read between the lines. I'm sure that it was way more obvious <laughs> to everyone else that was invited since they all did it. But... Uh-huh. I didn't. And also, I don't want to smoke weed and go to a movie. Well, it was rude which... of them not to bring weed for you, really. I mean, even if I'd had weed, that wasn't the only problem. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Whatever happened to Alison Lohman, she never really had a career. She was very beautiful. Was she the blonde girl from that movie? I believe so. I haven't seen the movie, but I think she was. She was in a bunch mm. of other stuff yes. at the time. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's weird. She, uh... Oh, you know what? I think she was a, a child actor. Yes. A mm. little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. Birth, birthday 79 started in the early 2000s, so like young adult. That, right. That re- I really thought you were talking about a movie called Birthday 79. 
<laughs> an early Which, uh, you know. Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> yeah, in the late 70s, they did that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever see the movie After Hours? No, I don't. It's What is it? It is a movie about a yuppie in the, like, 70s New York who gets a phone call that he could have sex if he goes to a different part of New York <laughs> at, like... <laughs> At, like, 11 p.m., and he's like, I don't know if I can make it. And the whole movie is, like, an Odysseus-style journey through New York late at night. And that's the premise of your movie? This is a Scorsese movie. And it's It's not a comedy. It's so bad. Um, It is. I I think it thinks it's a comedy. (laughs) I didn't laugh one time. It's the same plot as Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, really, if you think about it. (laughs) No, no, it's 100% more objectifying of women than that. Mm, I don't know, have you seen that movie? (laughs) I have. Have you seen that movie is the real question. Yes, I've seen Harold and Kumar, I've not seen After Hours. Mm Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see this movie because uh, I feel like it's very relatable. I mean, listen, I understand, like, having a clear clear character motivation is always good in your movie, but for the whole thing to be premised on, he, like, this is the only chance he'll ever have to have sex. He has to go right now. (laughs) I think I I completely disagree with you, Matt. I think okay. I completely disagree, and this is a very good idea for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. You, the thi- the fact that the one person on this call who has seen this movie is telling you it's not, and the two people who haven't seen it think it is, is a testament to how this movie got made. <laughs> no. Certainly. I, but it's, a, it's bad, actually. It's I, a bad idea. I can totally agree the execution is terrible. I'm sure it is. I believe you. Yeah, but it's a Scorsese premise, movie. Those are all garbage. The low-stakes yeah. premise of we have to get to this place, and it's not to save the world, it's for something incredibly minor, like getting uh, hamburgers or getting to have sex. That's great. I love that. Yeah, I think Harold and Kumar actually did a good job of making it a funny story. And I Except think that- they are trying to go to a white castle in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, oh where there has never been a white castle. <laughs> and the one they go to is the white castle on Route 27 in New Brunswick, New Jersey, which has been closed and turned into something else in the movie, despite the fact that it's always filled with college students in real life. God. Wow. This is some real, like... <laughs> this is not the first person. time I've heard Jeff talk about the continuity errors of Harold and Kumar going to wake up. Oh, it makes me mad. Anytime anything takes place in New Jersey, I'm like, where do they think they are? Louisa. Yes. You should have... The experience of going to college in New Jersey when Harold and Kumar came out... <laughs> meant that literally everyone but me at every party I went to for years this was the conversation. And I was like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, Jeff, I also think you shouldn't see After Hours because you would be caught up in this exact same way by being like, wait, that subway line doesn't connect to this other subway line. And yes, just that's be definitely true. <laughs> I feel like that's something uh, Scorsese would pay attention to. Also, the movie mm. came out in the movie came out in 1985, and the subways are definitely all different now. Well, then you'd do that uh, Spider-Man video game thing you do, where you just become obsessed with uh, the landmarks <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be you'd become obsessed with car- catching all the challenge tokens in the movie. <laughs> they cut out 105th Street, so I can't look at the hotel where they filmed Ghostbusters. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dumb boy. Uh, anyway. So, Louisa, what did you do this week? This week I made some pretzels. Ooh. And I know Jeff has done this, but uh, I have I ha- I've never done it using lye, which I just got. 
I've only ever done it with baking soda, which the results are weaker, the process is weaker, it's longer, like, it, it's all, like, dulled down. This is, like, intense. <laughs> Get your safety <laughs> gear on, do it in ten seconds, and yeah, it's done. Yeah, tear off the knob <laughs> on these pretzels. <laughs> yeah, you have to really go for it, like you were a German peasant 300 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, is this gonna poison me? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. but it tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was mixing it up, and uh, the thing about lye, when you add it to water, is uh, you add it to cold water, and then the water gets very warm immediately because of the chemical reaction, and that feels like you're going crazy. <laughs> like, how could yeah. this water be warm all of a sudden? It, you think it's the placebo effect? <laughs> yeah, this can't really be warm. I'm going to put my face Yeah, <laughs> I read about this, and now I've convinced myself it's true, but it can't be true. <laughs> Ow, I'm burning my hand. <laughs> But I'm stirring it, and I'm in the kitchen, I've got a fan on, but I start to feel like, hmm, I think I'm getting some fumes. Do you know when you feel you get fumes, you don't smell anything, but you're like, there's some poison coming into my body, I, <laughs> I think, think. that's called. I think that's called getting the vapors, isn't it? <laughs> probably. So then I took a step away, took a step back, everything's fine. But You should probably wear a mask while you do this, no? Uh, it's not usually mentioned. Huh, okay. They, they say to do it in a well-ventilated ventil- area, which I did, and uh, it wasn't strong fumes. It was just a little bit. Um, I have noticed that for, like, forgive the gendered term here, but this is what it se- it feels like, mm. for, like, women's areas of arts and crafts, they are a lot less, uh, like, stressing the need for safety equipment in things that I've read, where, like, you know, the same methylated spirits that I use in the wood shop, they also recommend you use to, like, clean paint off of porcelain or whatever. And it's like, in my, in the wood shop books, it's like, wear gloves and a mask and goggles and, you know, wash your face every 15 minutes or whatever. And then for the the indoor porcelain stuff, it's like, yeah, just mix it with water or Windex or whatever. You're fine. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna disagree with you because <laughs> the recipes I've read stated very clearly what you had to do and the safety steps you had to take and then basically every third comment below out of hundreds was oh you're not making sure people really know enough you're not making sure they understand they have to add the lie to the water and never water to lie like fucking calm down it says it in the <laughs> in the recipe you're worried that people aren't gonna read it well enough well that's on that isn't it it's just uh. turbo salt like once you start <laughs> diluting it it like it becomes so much less dangerous uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's also a drain cleaner, so you don't have to take any special measures to dispose of it. You can just dilute it more and pour it right down the drain. Mm-hmm. And then you'll clean your drains in addition to exactly. having pretzels. <laughs> clean your pretzel, clean your drains with pretzels, and clean your pretzels with drains. Go on. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I have that weird feeling you get um, when you take proper safety precautions, and then you're never really exposed to the danger, so you have this weird feeling that there never was a danger. Yeah. Do you get that? It's so I hard mean, to fight your brain on that, isn't it? This is what leads people to believe that COVID isn't real. <laughs> exactly! That's the problem. So the whole time I'm like, of course I need to make sure I wear these gloves at every step, and then wash these gloves with soap before I take them off. Like, doing all that so I never got any burns, or the Nothing ever uh, went wrong for my process here. And yet, I'm like, "Uh, maybe it wasn't such a big deal. No, it was a big deal. (laughs) I had to be careful. But my brain says no. That's why I like doing stuff with, like, a blowtorch or something, where you're like, no, I can feel how fucked I would be (laughs) if I was closer to this flame. Yep. I did actually do a thing to, like, make myself understand. Uh, There was a... (laughs) Oh, you kissed the back of your hand and then poured lye on it, like in Fight Club? (laughs) Uh, 
when I was done making my pretzels, there were some drips of the lye water, which is very diluted, on the sheet. And as they cooked in the oven, they just turned into like a white powder. I'm like, I'm gonna have a taste of this white powder, and it did. Oh god! It did sting my tongue a little bit, just like a oh. just like lemon juice. But I was like, <laughs> I get it. I get Don't it. do that. I had to. It's fine. You're good. It was already baked. A lot of the chemical process had already changed. Yep, exactly. But so, no. did you wrap this pretzel around a hot dog? <laughs> That would have been good, uh, huh? Yeah. No, I didn't know. Maybe next time. You should start your own pirate Auntie Anne's. <laughs> what is nice is knowing how to make a lye solution. You can apply that to many different types of bread. Like, it doesn't have to be a pretzel bread. So I might do mm. it to, like, some brioche rolls or something <clears throat> just to give them a pretzel finish. Yeah, and you can also use it to finish off your thatch-roofed cottage in <laughs> medieval France or whatever. I might make soap as well, because you use lye for soap making, and uh, it's you're not get, that hard. You're turning into a real fight club before our eyes. I know! <laughs> everyone's mentioned fight club to me a million times when I yeah. said lie, okay? There, people yeah. have used lie for literally thousands of years for everything, so mm-hmm. it's not like just fight club. Like for making a movie about Brad Pitt and Ed Norton makes sense. <laughs> oh, that movie uh. makes sense to you? <laughs> no, no. Uh, listen, I'm just saying a lot of the things they say make a lot of sense. No. <laughs> He's got a lot of good ideas. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he hangs around that Ed Norton guy, though. <laughs> oh, he's so cool with his leather jacket. We've already talked about yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody really thinks that. There's a person in the world who really is like, yeah. why does he hang out with Ed Norton all the time in this movie? Yeah. And they see the whole movie and they're like, oh no! I already wrote no. a blog post about how much I love this movie. I don't think they do. Uh-huh. I think they watch the whole movie and they're like, I still don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> This guy, this guy whips ass and is cool. I love him. Yeah, I should sure. model my life after Brad Pitt's character. <laughs> what I don't get is, um, lie traditionally is collected from ashes. How? Mm-hmm. How though? How? Does anyone know how that works? Very carefully. <laughs> isn't up. there some kind of? Isn't there some kind of process where you like bake seawater or something? <laughs> Am I crazy? <laughs> You're not crazy, but it sure sounds like you are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that just gives you salt, I believe. I don't think that would give you anything alkaline I think like this. Maybe that's like bromine or something. There's some mm. like chemical element you get from like dehydrating hundreds of gallons of seawater that they use to like I don't know, like sterilize wounds in the Middle Ages or something. Hmm. It sounds very suspicious. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't know. What what isn't lie from like baking limestone or something or like uh uh chalk? I actually don't know. I just know that you can get it from ashes, and I don't know how that works. Mm. I don't know if it has to be a certain type of wood. Uh, anyway, uh, I can also use it for cleaning cast iron, so maybe I will finally clean my cast iron skillet, which is perfect in the center, <laughs> and then around <laughs> the edges it's like kind of crusty and flaky, and I don't quite know what to do about it, so maybe I'll start from scratch. Wow. Huh. Oh, like the metal is flaking, or it's just got gunge on it? Gunge, and the finish is definitely flaking in places. <clears> hey, <throat> okay, just... Uh, Brillo pad that shit away? Uh, no. <laughs> it does not work. I've tried. Br- Brillo pads have soap in them and also bad to do. They, no, they I mean, not not the, uh, I shouldn't say Brillo because oh, that's right. the brand name, but like metal steel wool. wool. Steel, wool. steel wool, that's the word. Yeah, metal yeah. wool, you got it. <laughs> metal <laughs> metal sheep. 
sounds like something from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I get the steel wool ones without soap, and they work fine on my uh, my cast iron skillet. But I it, have... Louisa, Louisa uses hers a hundred times more often than I do. <laughs> That's so. true. I do. I have a uh, stainless steel um, uh, washcloth. Uh, oh, like a... a- Chainmail? Chain, chain link? Chainmail. Chainmail. Yeah. That's chain what I meant, not chain link. That's a, that's for chickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a chainmail washcloth. I mean, I also use it for my chickens, but... Mm-hmm. You can also use it to shuck oysters without cutting your hand off. Ooh. For uh, all the times you need I to do that. I never eat oysters, I th- so... <laughs> I thought you needed a glove for that, a chainmail glove. You can use a cloth as well, though. You just hold it around the oyster. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. It's not going to protect me from any small daggers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good to have any... Yep. Poison needles from an assassin's blade. <laughs> All right. Good. We're great. <laughs> yep. It's a good uh, show. <laughs> so that was my adventures. It was a best case scenario in that nothing terrible happened. So, Matt, what did you do this week? Uh, so I've been jonesing for a... Um, like a, a classical style RPG to play because uh, for those who I don't remember if I talked about it on the show, but I got a uh, an elliptical machine and I've been exercising on it for an hour every day, uh, which is good, and I feel like it's doing a good job of keeping my body from falling apart. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> it's extremely boring, and uh, now that it, I have it in my home in front of my TV, I can play video games while I exercise. And, like, the thing about classical RPGs, I love them, but they are extremely... Um, boring. Boring? <laughs> yep, that's the one. And, like, you feel like you're wasting your time while you're playing them. Even if you're enjoying killing, you know, Magidrakis or whatever, you're like, I can't believe I have to do this for another two hours before I have enough money to buy a fucking sword. Um, yeah. and are, you, so, like, are you playing old ones? Can I say? You're saying the classic style yeah, or old actual old ones? Okay. Both. Mm. Uh, well, classic style, and but most of the good classic style ones are actually old. Okay. Mm. Um, and so, like, the fact that I'm exercising during that time that I'm grinding or whatever makes it feel better and good. So. Good. Uh, I, for a while, I was, like, experimenting with going back to some of the old Final Fantasies, but I've played them all uh, several times, and it feels a little boring. Um, and I managed to load an emulator onto my TV upstairs so that I could play old PS2-era <laughs> RPGs. Uh-huh. Uh, and I started replaying a game series that was so revolutionary when it came out, and now feels like uh, if somebody animated that Stonks meme. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's on board. Jeff loves adventure memes. Oh, I've Which been is, seeing a lot of that one this week. <laughs> yeah, it's been a big week for Stonks. Um, uh, I've been playing the game, the game series Xenosaga, which I think we talked about a little bit last week. Is this Xenoblade, Xenogears related? It was made by the same guy who made, the the writer and game developer are the same people who made Xenogears, and one of those people is now the head of the studio that makes Xenoblade. Okay. Um, but Xenogears was supposed to be the beginning of an epic, long video game franchise, uh, and then Square Enix said nah. <laughs> so, yeah. those guys went to Namco and were like, hey, we're gonna make a different game that's pretty much the same game as Xenogears, <laughs> <laughs> called Xenosaga. Um, and it's three 
uh, three chapters came out. It was supposed to be six chapters, and then after three chapters, they were like, I don't think anyone likes these games. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, they canceled them, which is a shame because they're very interesting games. They visually, they do not look great in the modern era. I will start with that right off the bat. Um, but each of the chapters is named after a different, um, uh, Nietzsche novel. Okay. Uh, and it is telling the philosophical allegories of Nietzsche through the lens of a future space opera ab- about humanity being like killed off by interdimensional aliens. Hmm. Um, and it surprisingly works. There's a lot of stuff that's sort of like weird anime bullshit where you get lost in like what this this person is the is the daughter of this person but actually they're like an android that person made after their real daughter died that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but uh it it's got a lot of stuff it ex- examines ideas about like what it means to be a person and how maybe knowing and understanding things is more dangerous than not knowing and understanding things. That's and there's like complex, a, a yeah. cost to understanding. Um, I mean, it's not always the most subtle. For instance, the enemy alien species is called the Gnosis, which is mm. just Greek, Greek for knowledge. So that's not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, and I was very embarrassed. I looked up some like thoughts on uh, the game after I started playing it to see if anyone ever liked it besides me. And I was very embarrassed to realize the main character is an android that was built to fight these aliens named Cosmos. Uh, and I, I I never realized when I played this as a younger man uh, that that is just the Greek word cosmos. Yeah. Like, to, to represent the universe. Um, but they put some dashes in there. <laughs> That's how they trick you. So I didn't pick up on it. Uh, but anyway, I, I do appreciate it. It's not the best game and it has a lot of problems, both, uh, story wise and mechanically. But I think it might be the most ambitious game I've ever played in terms of trying to, I feel like there's lots of games with lots of good stories that aren't trying to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that this game, which doesn't have a great story, is at least trying to say something, have a point of view about something. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, so I think I'm going to keep playing it, even though it, again, is very janky and weird. And the fact that they only got through three of their six chapters makes me sad. Mm, yeah. um, but I, I will say there's like a pretty big fan community. It sort of became this cult thing. And that's one of the reasons why Xeno Blade became popular because people were thirsty for more. I'm very surprised that there hasn't yet been a fan that just made the rest of the chapters. Yeah, they would get it wrong though, right? Like, you'd start playing it and something about it would be off, you'd be like, yeah, fuck this. Uh, yeah, maybe, but I don't know. I mean, the like I said, the, the stories aren't good enough that you would maybe notice if somebody made it bad <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> alright, fair. Uh, I think that it's it's a real crime that no one has just made the rest of those games, especially because at the time there were these huge multi-million dollar projects because of making all of the, like, assets and game engines and stuff. But now you could build this thing in Unity in half an hour <laughs> for free. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
sounds pretty good. Yep. And then I also found out that uh, Tales of Vesperia, which is one of the early Tales games, uh, is available for free on Game Pass. And I've played that game uh, for the last couple days, and it's very good. Have you guys ever played any of the Tales games? I've not. No, I've heard of them, but have not played them. Louisa, I think you might like them. Oh, you don't have an Xbox. I was going to say you yeah. can play it for free, but... Plus, I have a hard time um, going back now. Now that there are games that look really good and feel good to play, like, I don't want to go back to old games. Well, the Tales games have made the very intelligent decision from the beginning to not try to look like people, but instead all hand-drawn cartoons. Okay. Um, so they look fine, like... You you can't tell that Tales of Vesperia came out in 2003 playing it now. You could tell me it came out this year and it would look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're good games. The thing that makes them fun, besides the fact that they kind of have, like, a cool blending of cr- traditional RPG and action RPG stuff, is the fact that they're... They're sort of like Star Ocean, which is another game series I enjoy. They have this thing where you gain skills as you play, but the skills don't just relate to combat, like in Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. So you'll gain skills like you'll learn to be a chef, and then it means that you can talk to characters that are interested in cooking about cooking, and they might help you. Or like, you learn to pick pockets, and so you can steal things from NPCs sometimes. Um, And I think that's really amazingly cool and i'm furious that more games haven't done that because final fantasy for all that they are good rpgs are way too much about combat yeah well i think octopath traveler tried to do some of that but um yes octopath traveler does do like it is very similar mechanically to the tales games yeah um the only thing is i think that's probably a ton of work if you're a developer to like it's like this fractal of branching out (laughs) things you have to take care of from the game making point of view i suppose that's true although it it effectively just sort of turns a bunch of npcs into treasure chests (laughs) yeah uh, I was playing uh, an interesting game on Game Pass that I think was uh, that I think dealt with this problem pretty well. By uh, it's called Monster Sanctuary, and mm. uh, it has turn-based combat akin to like Dragon Warrior Monsters, um, yeah. more so than Pokemon. Um, but it's a side-scrolling Metroidvania. Uh, so when you get new monsters that have new field abilities, you use them in platforming <laughs> segments yeah. to like break open walls or reach high platforms stuff interesting mm. kind of like kirby yeah a little bit um i think cool. that's cool i mean i think that like i think that in a platformer learning skills that help you with platforming is like in an rpg learning skills that help you with combat um which which is to say i still want there to be other skills that are for the story and not just for progressing the game yeah like one of the things that's great about playing Dungeons and Dragons is the fact that so much of the game is interacting with NPCs in town and like you can be like, hmm, could I guess this person's history based on the military uniform they're wearing so that I could like talk to them better? And that might be a solution to your problem. Can I start secretly role playing being Sherlock Holmes without my DM noticing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm explicitly trying to role play Sherlock Holmes in the next game that I'm playing in, so <laughs> Pretty good. Yep. Uh, um, you yes. It, you have to do it like Benedict Cumberbatch and just wave your arms around a lot <laughs> and fill in the CG dirt. <laughs> I mean, I do that already <laughs> when we play a lot of D and D games. <laughs> 
Um, that's kind of a thing that uh, experts always have on British uh, documentaries when they constantly mm-hmm. move in their arms. Yeah. I was about to say, oh, the thing where you're like extraordinarily awkward, but then a super genius when it comes to one very specific area. But like, that is all British people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, island of people who never learned to multi-class. Yep, exactly. Uh, Okay, I guess I will ask again. Jeff, what did you do this week? Oh, did you ask before? I didn't. I mean, I asked Louisa, and then Louisa turned it right back on me. So now I guess I have to ask again, and this time I'm asking you, Jeff. What did you do this week? Uh, So I beat two (laughs) video games this week. Um, One of them was uh, Donut County, which is on Xbox Mm -hmm. Game Pass. It's about two hours long. Uh, Very similar Katamari, uh, except instead of a ball, you play as the opposite, uh, a hole. Uh, Instead (laughs) of instead of making uh, like object bigger, you are making a hole larger by swallowing things. Now all I can think about is Bizarro Superman saying that he wants to play a game of base hole. (laughs) (laughs) What's the opposite of base? Hold on. Uh, Treble. Treble hole. Acid hole. (laughs) (laughs) Those were both good jokes. Bizarro loves to play acid hole. (laughs) That does sound like a genre of music that Bizarro would play. It does sound like a Bizarro Universe game, too, with just pits of acid on the field. <laughs> yes! Oh, man, this is a good idea. Uh, the rules of opposite in Bizarro Land are very fun yeah. to me. That's the best That's the best opposite in the whole universe. Like, oh, he has uh, cold vision and heat breath. Okay, I guess vision and breath are opposites in this world. <laughs> Uh, he yeah. says bad bye, but he still says it when he leaves, so... He still says bye, also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not like, bad hello, and then he leaves. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say bad hat, am I right, you guys? Oh, God, oh. this again. <laughs> uh... Anyway, yeah, yeah, we could talk about Bizarro Superman forever, so yeah. let's not. The other um, I played Donut County, it's pretty fine. Yeah, I found the plot to be insufferable. Uh, yeah, it is very much like first draft kind of jokey uh, people hanging out, and it's written as if everyone's texting. Uh. It's, a, it's a lot about a bunch of hipsters hanging out and never doing anything, but also complaining that they don't have any money. And yeah, enough like, of that in real life. I was like, gonna say, like, I'm fine with people one. I'm fine with people really feeling that way, but when you make your characters in a thing be simultaneously extremely lazy and always complaining about never getting anything, it makes me uh not like them or care about what happens to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the other game I played was Grow Home PlayStation 4. I got mm-hmm. it years and years ago with PlayStation Plus. This is a simulator where you grow a bunch of weed in your house. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sorry, I pronounced it wrong. Grow home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there must be one of those, right? I'm sure there is. Yeah. Uh, no, this is, you play as a little uh, cartoon robot who lands on an alien planet, uh, but you are tasked with getting back to the ship in orbit by growing this magic plant. Uh, and you grow it by climbing onto it. So mm-hmm. the you control the robot, like, moving around, jumping, and then L and R control his hands, grabbing stuff. Oh god, mm-hmm. that sounds miserable. Yeah, that sounds uh, very complicated. So you, I mean, 
mean, it sounds complicated, but it's uh, mainly used for, like, climbing. So you have to, like, manually climb up stuff. Um, so you climb up this this plant, and you have to get to the flowers that have uh, uh, sprouted off of it to make them bloom, so that they grow into long vines that you plug into floating energy crystals that make the main stalk grow higher. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> took about three hours uh very fun to look at it has like a big open world uh i did not explore the big open world though because there's not really anything to do in it except collect other little crystals uh and the fun part was definitely making the plant go do you think indie games have gone too far what with all these uh, my, uh, marginalized people as stars. Yeah, obviously. Boo, Gamergate, <laughs> etc. Yeah, this cancel culture. No. <laughs> what I mean is, I feel like, um, with stuff like, you know, the Switch now having so many indie titles and Humble Bundle and Itch.io and all of this stuff, uh, I don't, is that how you pronounce it? I like it saying it that way instead of Itch.io. Anyway, um, I feel like there are a lot of indie games now that f- are like more of a mechanics demo than an actual game. <laughs> I should say this was made by Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Okay, well, I don't, I don't know, know either. How you say it. Uh, I think it's actually supposed to be Ubisoft based on. Um, I don't know. There was like something in the credits of this game where they made some kind of pun on the name Ubisoft that only works if it's Ubi and not Ubi. Mm-hmm. Sure. Anyway, I, um, <laughs> I, I just I feel like a lot of the times I'm I'm now to the point where I just will not buy an indie game anymore because so many times now I've been burned by buying an indie game for $10 or whatever and then being like, oh, you guys really figured out this one thing and then just, like, went ham on it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm fine with that. I, I want a little game sometimes. I want to... I don't mind a little game as long as it's fully fleshed out. Like, what you said about... I mean, I know that's Ubisoft, so it's not an actual uh, indie game, but, like, if you're gonna have an open world, it needs to have a purpose. You know? Like, you can't just think, like, oh, yeah, well, why not? You know? Yeah. I, I, it doesn't yeah. really work unless all of the pieces work together, and it's very frustrating when you get excited by a mechanic and then it doesn't really do anything in the game. Yeah, that's true. So, I think that's a lot of, that's too many indie games these days. And it's not that I think they're bad, or even that the mechanic that they're built around is bad, but, like, if you spend another six months thinking about how to make this like refresh this concept through the course of the game you could have something really good but you didn't you just shoved it out and then you moved on to the next thing Uh, they did make a sequel that apparently is not as good because it does not have as strong of a focus on one central mechanic Mm. so take that matt (laughs) (laughs) well look you can have a central mechanic that is the only thing and still have it feel fresh and different by putting it into different contexts what you shouldn't do is have one mechanic and one setting and the promise of more that you never deliver on. Mm. I was just thinking, as Jeff was describing it, I was reflecting on um, the framework of it and how like some things just interest you and some don't. And the fact that it's a sci-fi, like, there's a robot who's trying to get back to the ship. I don't care about that. But you could tell exactly that say not tell. Uh, you could make exactly that same game with a story mm-hmm. of uh, Jack trying to climb the beanstalk to get back to that magic harp that he loves so much. And I mm-hmm. would be totally on board. Even if it was the same and, game. And you also absolutely loved this game when it was called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Well, that wasn't about just trying to make one thing go up, so I don't know what you mean there, but sure, I do love Breath of the Wild. It was mostly about a, a, a little guy and he's climbing. I think you'll find it was all about getting Calamity Ganon to go up in flames. Yeah, Ooh, get, get him. him. Get him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do We're you think that sequel's Ganon. coming back? <laughs> I mean, he deserves it. He has kidnapped a little girl way too many times to not yeah, be canceled. That's Honestly, his fate. He suspicious. can't escape it any more than they can. So that's where we're at. Am I right? I didn't hear the first half of what you said because <laughs> Jeff was talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said he can't escape his fate any more than they can. Zelda and Link. We've yeah. talked at length about my theories about Zelda being about different types of immortality. We don't need to get into it again. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, uh, is it is it time for whatever thing we look at now? Yeah, let's get into this wiki how. Yeah, uh, so that's what we look at. I, I generated a random word, and today's random word is pop. Ooh. Yep, so I put the link in the uh, the chat here. Um, learn how to pop and or lock. That is one of the things on here. There's a lot of good stuff on here, and there's a lot of gross stuff on here. Yeah, so let's sure get into it. Is um the first thing is how to pop a door lock, which is a very weird way to say pick a lock, right? People say that though. Yeah, I agree. I don't say it myself, but people definitely do say that. I feel like there's a million. Uh, locksmiths in the country called Papa Lock mm-hmm. as like a pun on pop and lock. Maybe. Hard to say. Uh, and so that became like the vernacular or whatever. I don't know. Uh, anyway, picking a lock, you need to have a torsion wrench and a rake. Uh, and you want to put the rake, you put the torsion wrench in first, put a little bit of, like, twist on it, and then use the rake and try to align the tumblers so that they, uh, get out of the way of the barrel, and you'll be able to feel them click, and you start with the furthest one away and work towards yourself, and once they're all in there, you should be able to turn the lock. Now, this, I am quite certain, is talking about a car door, and... You will not be able to do that with uh, traditional lock-picking tools anymore, because now they use, like, weird electronic pads to yes, do that. that is true. So, is that is that over, um, being able to lock-pick your way into a car? Probably. Uh, I, I think you can hack your way in now. Yeah, that's probably true, huh? Yeah, maybe. Um, I, bet, I bet on a Tesla you could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We found out in Tesla you can just uh, throw a brick and it will break the window that it said they said it wouldn't break. So mm, that oh is God. a good point. <laughs> it's, it's like a man who's just been doing an SNL sketch making fun of <laughs> Iron Man his whole life. Uh, yeah. Sure. But, like, he's he's not in on the joke. He doesn't think that what he's doing is stupid. Yeah, that's true. I do think that it's very sad that I think that a group of people who understand what irony is are very amused by Elon Musk, and then Elon Musk doesn't get that people like him ironically and thinks he's extremely cool, and then a bunch of other people who also don't understand irony also think Elon Musk is cool because the cool people are making fun of him, and that makes me sad. I think that there is, uh, for a lot of the people on the internet, uh, there's no difference between liking something as a joke and liking it genuinely. Uh, like, we we alluded a bit to the stock thing earlier, like, they did it as a joke, but they did also do it. Yeah. Yeah. they are also all posting, like, yeah, Elon Musk is gonna take us to Mars, even though they definitely don't literally believe that, but they kind of do. Yeah, Yeah, it's got a very Church of England feel to it, to me. Of like, 
yeah, no, we believe that this is the body of Christ. Wink? <laughs> no, we literally do believe that this wafer is the body of Christ. Wink. Like, yeah. why are you winking? Do you believe it? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, we're all going to eat Tide Pods, for real. Yeah. Except, are we? But maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all soaking these tampons in vodka to shove up our butts. You do it first, though, Larry. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> Yeah, it's getting hot in here, so we're all going to take our clothes off and then use that stripper pole. I'm just kidding, unless you're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Put that sign at the end of the episode. Thank you. Yeah, Thank put you, that sign at the end of the episode, Jeff. <laughs> oh, wait, Jeff doesn't know what song that is. He just, uh, he was just suggesting something no, that you would do suggest- when it's hot out. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um... So I feel like I should address that there's a lot on this list that are how to pop some type of uh, zit, abscess, pimple, sty. Um, doctors say you shouldn't do that, so maybe don't do that. Don't look up how to pop those and don't do it. Yeah, I mean, you should either lance or excise them, but popping them is the worst thing you can do. Yeah, so we, we don't um, have to address those now, hopefully. <laughs> There's one that's a little confusing towards the bottom. Uh, popping ingrown hairs? Oh, yeah. Uh, Why is that confusing? You don't really pop those. Yeah, you don't. You just dig that hair out. I mean, you, if it gets, if it becomes a, a pimple, then you pop it, and then yeah, that I hair comes so. out. Uh, anyway. There's also another category where it's uh, how to pop, and then a body part that I don't think pops. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, because it says how to pop your neck. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but how to pop your eyes? <laughs> what? How to, pop, you- how to pop your chest? <laughs> no, that is a good one. Your sternum needs to crack sometimes, and it feels so good when you do it. I never true. had that. You gotta, like, do that thing where you lace your fingers behind your back and, like, move your arms up as high as you can. Yeah, it's pretty no, good. I'm not gonna do yeah. that. <laughs> I have too many parts of my body that I have to pop and crack. Do you ever have that dream that one day you're gonna, like, crack a part of your body and suddenly all your problems will be fixed? <laughs> uh, I feel like the opposite. I would crack a part of my body and it would fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean that might be true too. The uh, not that long ago, maybe like a couple weeks ago, um I was I was having like really incredibly terrible headaches and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me and I was like, "Oh, like is it going to be a thunderstorm or like did I sleep badly or whatever?" And then I was blowing my nose and the like cartilage part uh, at the end of your nose popped. <laughs> Uh, like it was, it had been out of joint all day or whatever, and instantly I felt much better for the whole rest of the day. Wow. Well, alright, that's pretty good. That's something to strive yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know how that can get, like, dislocated, but it definitely did, and it was very unpleasant. You're sleeping on your face too much. Well, that's always true. <laughs> um, I, okay. uh, oh. I want to talk about how to populate an array. <laughs> Yeah, that's the okay. only one where the word isn't really the word pop on this whole thing. Yeah. Yep. What do you want to know? I actually know how to do this one. I know um, how to do a lot of the ones on this week, which is maybe not great. <laughs> What's an array, and how do you populate it? Uh, an array is, in programming, a group of different values that can all be like slotted into the same variable. And you can populate it by, well, it depends on the programming language, but for instance, in Python, you do... You define your array as a list, and then later on you can reference that array and say, pull one value from this array, and then update the array to remove the previous value. So that's not very exciting, but that's the answer. I feel like I couldn't pay attention all the way through that. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was that was rough, Matt. Well, I'm just telling you the truth yeah. of how to populate an array. We are experts, and we do You're tell the truth. Wrong. Yep. Uh, how to pop out dents. I've done this a few times. You guys ever popped out a dent in your car? Yeah, uh, just, just along the wheel well, where it's easy to reach underneath from the other side, mm. so that's not so hard. I um I popped out a dent in my bumper once with uh, a heat gun and a vacuum cleaner. Mm, pretty good. Where you That's like fun. heat up the plastic enough that it's malleable, and then you get the vacuum cleaner and suction it onto where that dent is, and then just pull back, and it pops right out. It's really cool. It's really cool. They made like Ron Popeil or somebody made one that was on infomercials. I remember that had like suction cups. Mm. I never tried it, or I never knew anyone who tried it, but I remember seeing those commercials, and it sure looked great. Do you ever think that maybe the person that invented cupping, like the thing where you put those hot cups on your body to suction your flesh into them, <laughs> like, just saw car dent repair and was like, what if this for humans, though? <laughs> uh, that's so upsetting to me, because your skin gets so bruised, that can't be good. No, yeah, everything it about it seems... <laughs> It, I think it does do something, but not, not nothing good. Yeah. Yes, it, the the thing it does is it bruises your skin. Yeah, yes. it doesn't even seem appealing. Like I could get like uh, ear candling. I'm like, yeah, there is a lot of wax in there. I think it would be cool to melt it out. But like, I don't want something to just pull on my skin a little bit. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's not how ear candling is supposed to work, right? <laughs> I mean, I it don't is know supposed to work that way. No, no, it's supposed to be that the the ear the candle burns off the oxygen and creates a vacuum that suctions your wax out, not melting it. Right, but they Whatever. do talk. The people who uh, deal with it do talk a lot about it softening up your earwax in a weird way that I don't know is true. Yeah, well, I mean, everything, every science has proven that it doesn't do it. Don't do either of those things, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's fun yeah, though, right? That's Probably fine. <laughs> It must yeah. be. Why else would people do it? Yeah. Yeah. Just go to a doctor, you goof. Not not any of you, but if you if you have a problem with earwax, just go to a fucking doctor, you idiot. <laughs> if you're having ear problems, I feel bad for you, so. Yep. <laughs> what is... <laughs> I didn't deserve uh, that. I know, I love it, though. <laughs> what do you think how to pop shove it means? That's a skateboard uh, It's thing, a skateboard right? move. Yeah. Oh, okay. So how do you do it? Uh, you you step forward and then accidentally fall off your board. That's the only move I've ever seen anyone do in real life. <laughs> <laughs> right? I've seen a lot of people do that move where you jump up and try to make the board spin, and then you land when the board isn't flat to the ground anymore, mm -hmm. and then stumble away and hurt your ankle. Yes. <laughs> Those are the only two skateboard moves. It's fine. Yep, that's true. That was literally I know I knew several people in high school who that was the only thing I ever saw them do. Not just on a skateboard, just at all. Yeah, <laughs> I only ever saw them practicing that one move that they never did right. Yeah, uh, a pop shove it. It looks like is so you know how a kick flip the board does uh, like a Star Fox barrel roll. Yes. Uh, in this one, it rotates 180 degrees on uh, the parallel to the ground axis. Axis. Does, doesn't that, like, come up and smack your shins? Uh, no, it, it stays, like, somewhat parallel to the ground and spins around 100 degrees. It's not the oh, first oh, thing you were oh, talking about? Like a, like a helicopter blade. Yes. Oh, I okay, I got you. Uh, so it, there are it is, three is... axes in this scenario. Right. And I, <laughs> I forgot about the one. third dimension. <laughs> yeah. I did, yeah. I, 
I didn't know which of the letters it was, which is why I described it in relation to the ground. Yeah, I mean, it depends on which direction you're looking at it from. If you're looking at it from above, I guess it's the Y-axis, but if you're looking at it from the side, it's the Z-axis, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it is, you know, the one that's parallel to the ground, uh, so it's a kickflip except a different axis of rotation. Well, yes, I suppose. I mean, the the uh, Star Fox barrel roll also stays parallel to the ground. Mm, there's no ground in space? That's their tagline. Oh, good question. <laughs> uh, no, you, you spin, like, wing over wing. Yeah. Yes. But your the but your plane of movement is still parallel to the ground. Yeah, I anyway, guess. It doesn't matter. But your plane of rotation is not. Mm, but your plane of Star Wolf is still following you. <laughs> mm. Oh, he's so mean. They're in love, he though, is, really, right? Yeah, for sure. They used to be boyfriends. <laughs> it's weird that he Star Wolf has like a southern accent now. Yeah. He kind of had, like, a Sons of Anarchy accent in Star Fox 64. Like an Australian guy trying to do a Texas accent? (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Now he sounds like Colonel Sanders. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Sons of Anarchy, how to pop a wheelie on a motorcycle? Impossible, right? People do it. No! My street all the time. No, it's too scary. Don't do that. Well, a motorcycle weighs like a thousand pounds. Louisa, this isn't wiki should. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like how to pop buttons off your shirt. Don't. No, that's cool. Oh, no, that's cool. It's very cool. (laughs) If you could, Jeff, are you genuinely telling me that if you could flex and all the buttons popped off your shirt, you wouldn't do it at every party? (laughs) You wouldn't do that, Jeff. (laughs) I would. I would do that once and then start buying snap clothes shirts. No, it's for the no, listen. For the vibe. If you were if you were at a party and you were flirting with a girl and she was like on the fence about whether she liked you, and then you could flex enough that you would pop your shirt buttons into her drink, she would instantly be into you. This is the terrible peacocking advice you're giving us. Yes! That would work! That peacocking would work. Just like, you know who my favorite Avenger is? The Hulk. And then he does this. Yes! And I, you know who I my favorite myself green wait, only under wait. the shirt. You know who my favorite Smurf is? Papa. And then you pop all the, the buttons uh, off the shirt. And your skin's blue underneath the shirt. Yeah. First of all, we're never having parties again. Second, I wouldn't dare flirt with anyone. (laughs) You would have to. You would be so confident with your new button popping trick that you would be able to flirt. No, no stress. Yep. Stress free flirting. Yep. No, I would walk around with no shirt on carrying big dumbbells all the time. (laughs) (laughs) What color Uh, is your skin painted in this scenario? (laughs) Uh, it is it, it, it is the tan of a circus strongman, and I'm wearing now, a one-shoulder strap leotard. Oh, good! Yes! Now, Jeff, you can have your cake and eat it, too, here, if you just put a shirt button in your uh, navel, <laughs> and then blast it out of there when you flex. You know what? Maybe I'll just have my my uh, weightlifting belt will be closed by buttons. Oh, yeah! Go. Perfect! You uh, pick up that dumbbell and the, your belt falls off? Amazing! <laughs> and I guess my leotard that is held up by my shoulders falls down? Now this is getting out of the flirting territory and into sexual assault, I feel. 
if a woman's like, I'm not sure if I'm into you, and then you just make all of your clothes instantly fall off, I don't think that that's a good flirting technique. No, I was thinking about doing this, like, out on the sidewalk. Mm. That's fine, right? I don't understand how the sidewalk setting changes this scenario at all. No, I'm not talking to anyone while I'm doing this. I'm just walking Why bother, Jeff? Is this just for you? Yeah! This is Jeff's thing now. People may be seeing his clothes fall off while he's flexing in public. Here's here's the thing, Matt. If if impressing women was enough motivation for me to get fit, I would have done it already. Well, I need to do it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Exactly. Oh my god. Okay. Um So that's how to do whatever that was. Yeah. How to pop uh, off laptop keys? You just use a screwdriver, right? Pop off what? Laptop keys. Oh, yeah. I mean, that might scratch up the the baseboard <sighs> of your. Well, uh, can laptop. I destroy this laptop or not? Is the question. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can do it with like a pencil eraser. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. Well, now we know we can also pop a key back onto a Samsung netbook or a Sony Vio laptop. No mm-hmm. other types of computers are people asking about how to pop keys onto. Mm-hmm. I know that. I know Sony Vio laptops have those weird air bladder keys instead of like a normal laptop keyboard. Oh no! Ew. So like. I don't know. Maybe there is a trick to doing that, but I feel like if you just push hard enough, they'll pop back on there. Yeah, probably. That, that's usually the way. Yeah. Does that anyone is... have a laptop that's all one piece with just, like, raised areas and not holes for crumbs to get into? Hmm. Is anyone doing you mean that? Like, you mean, like, those old keyboard covers they had in the yeah, 80s that yes. were just a big sheet of plastic you yes. laid over your keyboard? That's exactly what I mean. Does anyone make a laptop with a keyboard like that built into it? Ugh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Googling waterproof laptop. <laughs> no, it still has holes for crumbs. I guess Damn it. water doesn't harm yeah, it. Well, type in crumb-proof laptop, obviously, <laughs> Jeff. God, Idiot. Right. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> oh, no! We can't be looking things up. We have to no, innovate. Jeff can, look, Jeff can look this one up. I'm giving you a special dispensation. <laughs> Apple filed a patent for a crumb-proof keyboard. Ooh. I don't know if they ever released one, but I will say the Apple uh, keyboards, like, they keep... There's not very many... The gaps are so small in those that it's hard to get crumbs in them. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I have an older one, and there are definitely some crumbs that are getting down in there. And the keys are lit up from underneath, so I can see where the crumbs go, and I don't like that at all. <laughs> no. Little shadows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the eye, the eye floaties you get that you people say are some kind of germ or bug. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not, though. They're just jellied viscera. <laughs> I need that. It needs to stop leaking out. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, and I guess we've covered a lot of these as broad categories, I guess the last one we really need to talk about is how to pop uh, oil-free popcorn without an air popper. Or pop millet, which I think is probably the same thing, Yeah, I think those are related because they're bullshit hippie things people want to do where they're like, I want popcorn, but I want to take away all the stuff that makes it good and enjoyable and have it be healthy. And it's terrible. You know how popcorn just kind of tastes like uh, cardboard until you put way too much butter and salt on it? I yeah. want that, but less good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess just um, burn yes. it in a pot. That's all you have to do. Right? Uh, no, you um, you throw it into a fire in a cartoon, just oh, like okay. a bunch of ears of corn. Okay, good. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all about 
the the oil in uh when you make popcorn is sort of to make the heat evenly heat around your popcorn, right? Yes, and to help uh the flavor. Well, I yes, thought it was but, to make it heat up faster. I don't, how would that work? Um, because like if the oil heats up and it's directly on the surface, that's going to transmit heat better than air. Mm, I see what you're saying. Well, know. either way, I think the main thing is um the danger of not using oil in a like a saucepan is that the popcorn will burn before it gets hot enough to pop, right? I mean, probably, but then it's just charred popcorn, and now you're an innovator. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're starting a restaurant where you serve charred popcorn. Yep, it's mm. Cajun style. <laughs> Fire-roasted popcorn. <laughs> exactly. Yep. I mean, you could it's probably got- sell that to hipsters. <laughs> yeah, you could. It's got grill marks on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Je- we should invent a we should invent a grill marking machine that's just a little conveyor belt that goes through a box with some like uh air brush sprayers on it and anything you put through it just gets airbrushed little grill marks on it. That's this how Burger King does idea. it, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> Flame broiled popcorn. <laughs> Good stuff. Mm, yep. Okay, so we've we've told everyone how to pop everything. Oh wait, we didn't talk about popping and locking. One of these is how to pop and lock like Michael Jackson. Uh, you can't. He was famous for being good at it. it. Like he's famous for his dance moves. It's weird to say how to do a thing like the person who was the best at doing that thing. Yeah, you want to pop and lock like an extra from Break Into Electric Boogaloo is what you want to do. Yeah, how to pop and lock like Taylor Swift in that video where she's comically bad at popping and locking. That's the best you can do for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you, I mean, especially. Especially if your main goal is uh, to be insufferable and or get cancelled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is people's and it goal, is. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do people make their bones all wibbly, though, when they do popping and locking, for hey, real? that's not this episode, Matt. What? Yes, it is. How that's, d- how you, that's how you would pop and lock like Michael Jackson. How to yes, make their bones all wibbly is a different article. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't, I can't wait till we get the random word bone. <laughs> That's going to be our not safe for work episode. (laughs) Quite possibly, yes. Oh boy. Um, How to pop your ears after a flight? I've never really been able to do that successfully. They say to pinch your nose and blow really hard. That feels bad and makes it worse. Uh, Drinking water kind of helps sometimes, but it just does what it wants, right? Your head? I have Uh, felt like I've needed to pop my ears for about 15 years now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I do the thing where you pinch your nose and blow and it works Uh, every time. uh, It hurts and it makes your ears more stuffy, I find. I nope. pretty regularly will put, like, the forefinger and middle finger, like, second knuckles up against my nostrils and blow to try and get, like, my ears to pop or clear up, and it just feels like they are permanently bubbled. Yeah, Well, like I don't know what's wrong with you, weirdos. <laughs> it works fine for me. Great. This is how you get your nose out of joint, like you did. Yeah, maybe, but then I just put it back in joint, and I'm good to go. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I always think about, um... In like, what is the, I'm not going to remember this. There is an anime where a person's 
body is like being animated by uh, a puppet master far away or whatever and you can hear all their bones cracking together is this an anime is this a scary stories to tell in the dark uh, <laughs> I, don't know. I think you're thinking of in avatar the last airbender when they do blood oh yes that is what i'm thinking of good call jeff anyway nice. um it obviously it looks horrible and is very upsetting to see but then you hear all of their joints cracking and you're like mm, i bet that does feel good though <laughs> I don't know if you're getting the right message from this anime, Matt. (laughs) Legalize bloodbending, but only for, like, chiropractors. Yeah. (laughs) What if, instead of being fraud doctors, they were actually bloodbenders this whole time? Yeah. Is is the uh, jury still out on how much of a fraud chiropractors are? I think it is. Uh, A lot of people think it isn't. Like, Jeff's about to. Uh, it's a pseudoscience, for sure, 100%. But the but people like, who practice it often have, some of them often have good massage training, which can help. That's true. And, I mean, there, I have seen people be like, you know, if you have joint pain, it can be helpful for joint pain, because that's what it does. The pseudoscience is like, oh, if I crack your back, it'll make it so that your allergies go away or whatever, right? Yeah, they are, I know a lot of people have said that they haven't helped, though, like, they don't fix the joint problems that you have so i don't know Mm, i don't know yeah i mean is it that different from like physical therapy i don't know i guess i've i've never done physical therapy so i don't know yeah um i was getting like massage for my shoulders part of therapy and it you know it felt okay but it didn't really help um the thing massage massage isn't a pseudoscience it's a good one right we're all on board with massage yeah sure for sure uh, the thing about chiropractic is they're like, if we adjust your spine, whatever that means, uh, you will no, you will never be able to get cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that stuff for sure is bullshit, but like, people being like, if we adjust your spine, it'll make your spine feel better. I can believe that's probably true. I know my knuckles feel better when I crack my knuckles, so why not? Man, I really <laughs> just want someone to pick me up and like, wring me out like a wet dish rag. <laughs> I want to be so twisted up and popped that all of my joints are perfect yeah i've known i've known many people in my life who are quite a bit shorter than me and like sometimes when people have had back problems i've been able to just pick them up and like wiggle their body back and forth till their back realigns uh and i'm very sad that i'm too big of a man for that to happen to me (laughs) you can do that to yourself on a pull-up bar though because i've done that on a pull-up bar I have, yes, but it's not the same as somebody shaking you while you are limp like a ragdoll, and it, like, cracks your whole thing together. I need that scary vampire woman from Resident Evil that everyone's <laughs> horny for. But I'm not horny for her, I just want her to shake me like a ragdoll till I'm fixed. You need one of those robots that holds up uh, Japanese senior citizens. <laughs> yes! Like a hugging the hug, machine. The hug yeah. robot, yes! because they're all too busy working to go visit their parents in the hospital. Yep, that's right. I need, I need one of those, um, what was it? Was it Temple Grandin who did the, the machine oh, yeah. to Hug calm machine, down yeah. cows? Yes. <laughs> I need one of those for me. Yeah, that's what weighted blankets are, I'm 100% sure. Mm. Uh, what you need to do is make it your goal to get on Taskmaster so that Greg Davies can lift you up and shake you, because he's <laughs> Yes, that's eight. true, he could do it! <laughs> Oh, man. Have you... Okay, without getting too deep into it, have either of you seen the season with James Acaster yet? No. 
I don't think so. There is an incredible... I mean, that season is maybe the funniest season they ever did, and there's a very funny joke where Greg genuinely picks James A. Caster up like a child. <laughs> uh, and he, he does... Like, when he calls Alex Horn little Alex Horn, you believe it. Alex Horn is 6'2". <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's... The 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 joke is James A. Caster says, You couldn't pick me up, Greg, and Greg says, I absolutely could. <laughs> like with pure confidence <laughs> and no doubt in his mind whatsoever. Oh, uh, I want that. I wanna be that big. Yeah. I'm gonna go up to the the uh the what is the wizard and big that makes it big. <laughs> Zoltar We forget Zoltar. every time Zoltar. Zoltar. Zoltar or Zoltan and we're never sure. Yes. I'm gonna go up to the Zoltar machine and be like, I wanna be big and not like an adult, just taller. <laughs> I wanna be big enough to marry that vampire woman. Mm. That game. But then But then one of Zoltar's uh monkey paw fingers curls down and then you are just King Kong. Oh yes! <laughs> that rules! <laughs> I got to fight Godzilla. <laughs> the twist was it was you even guess- more what you wanted than what you thought you wanted. <laughs> it was yes. it was the thing I didn't know I wanted. Exactly. Here's a ge- here's a genuine question that Jen and I were arguing the other day. Not arguing, trying to like figure out. Is it about um, me turning into King Kong? <laughs> yes. No. At the en- okay. At the end of Godzilla versus King Kong, do you think they have to team up to fight somebody else like in every oh, other sure. movie yes. where they versus? Yes, I do. Oh, think that's that. gonna be so fucking radical. <laughs> I think that the twist is gonna be Godzilla is uh has either gone feral because of some other monster making him go insane, or it's a fake Godzilla, or like his he's being possessed. And wow. then when he snaps clear of that, him and King Kong have to team up to fight, like, King Ghidorah or whatever. So, you, in yeah. your mind, you think that Godzilla is gonna be the the anti-humanity one, and King Kong is gonna be protecting humanity? Because I had it 100% the other oh, way around. Didn't you see the trailer? <laughs> Rod no, Winston is like, Godzilla's out there hurting people, and we don't know why. <laughs> uh, and this man has won an Emmy for acting, and they're... <laughs> Like, they go get King Kong because Godzilla's flipping out and they need some oh, no. other monster to fight him. Oh, That's poor King crazy, Kong. though. That doesn't make any sense because you could yeah, easily just have- just build a giant robot. <laughs> well, okay, yes, that. But also, you could easily convince me that King Kong, who's always been, like, harmful only because he is an animal that doesn't understand what's happening. <laughs> and, like, you could sell me on the idea that something happens where King Kong freaks out and he is killing people. And then you need to get Godzilla because all you need to do is show him a sad Japanese child and he will, like, fight on behalf of humanity for the rest of eternity. So no, they I have guess, uh, one of the Skull Island children, I guess, uh, that to control King Kong <laughs> to ride him so like a mech. Just, yeah, <laughs> no. To, a, I'm imagining now a fight scene where both Godzilla and King Kong have a child on a pole, like a fishing pole, strapped to their back <laughs> in front of them. I think I think Billy Bobby Brown is that child for Godzilla in this continuity. Oh, I didn't see that movie, but it seemed like it. Mm. Uh, I heard that anyway, uh, I I do think that the moment where Godzilla puts out a hand to help Godzilla uh, to help King Kong get up so that they could go both fight against like I want it to be like um, Ultron or something. <laughs> Yeah, just, it's a third crossover. Yeah, not Ultron. It's- oh, Galactus, I meant. I meant to say Galactus. <laughs> uh, I, I would just be fine be with a- it being that I movie just- Galactus that was just a big cloud. 
<laughs> I just wanted to be somebody who's even bigger than both Godzilla and King Kong. Yeah. But I can't think of anyone who is bigger. The Iron Giant, maybe? <laughs> what if is- they have to fight Evangelion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is King Kong supposed to- I have not seen the trailer. Is he supposed to be as big as Godzilla now? Because he certainly hasn't been in uh, history. He definitely yes. looks smaller in the, the pictures I've seen. Hmm. He He's he's not- somewhat shorter, but like yeah. he is on the same scale as Godzilla yes, now. Mm, I don't like uh, it. Which they explained when Kong Skull Island came out and all the King Kong purists were like, he's too big. They were like, well, he has to be that big because we're making him fight Godzilla in the next movie. <laughs> I still can't believe that they think that God, that King Kong could hold us out against Godzilla. That's <laughs> fucking insane. He Godzilla has, thumbs, has magic power. <laughs> yeah, no does. magic power is better than opposable thumbs. <laughs> Not even he fire breath. Thumbs. Yeah, he also yeah. has opposable thumbs, though. He picked things up. <laughs> That's true. He's got those little T-Rex arms. He doesn't yeah. have elbows. He does have elbows. He does have little T-Rex arms, but his little T-Rex arms are still longer than your entire body. Yeah. He's That's not- true, but they are not longer than King Kong's entire body. He's not really a pure lizard, Godzilla. He's more like a lizard dog, right? Have they changed that in the modern ones? Is he pure lizard? Uh, the the new American one, while looking quite a bit like the classic Japanese one, is like a bit of a chunky boy. Okay. Like, he's he's an absolute unit, um, mm-hmm. and kind of just looks like a mountain turned into a lizard more than anything else. <laughs> hmm, interesting. All right. Yeah, uh, but, like, regardless, I cannot imagine a fight scenario where having laser breath doesn't <laughs> give you a distinct advantage over monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, just, well, it's just crazy because King Kong ha- does not have a power set. Yeah. That that is why I think it's gonna be like, oh well Godzilla's not fighting at his full power because he yeah. is like his being mind controlled. He's so fighting he it from his... the inside. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't have his intelligence or whatever. He's fighting back. Yeah, maybe. God, this this movie's gonna rule so hard. I know, I'm so excited to watch it. When does it come out? March. Yeah. Directly onto HBO Max and the theaters. We need to do a friends group, like, group watching of it on... Okay. I'm still trying to push for us to all watch Cats together. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I will. <laughs> I've been, I've been. There have now been more than five occasions where I've been scrolling through HBO Max and I've been like, "We could watch Cats," <laughs> and then Jen's like, "I guess if you want to," and I'm like, "I don't," and then we move on. <laughs> yeah, I have movies like that too. I just keep looking at them. Like, is it today? Maybe it's today, but it's yeah, never today. today. Is today the day that I subject myself to <laughs> Arrival? <laughs> Arrival's good. I'm sure it is, but I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, no, I know. I have that feeling, too, because I'm like, hmm, I could watch a movie, or I could lay in bed for five hours <laughs> looking at my phone. Yeah, I do that one, too. On your phone and then get both, exa- <laughs> both things at the same time. <laughs> Mm, now I've stumped you. Uh, I think we all forgot we were still recording a podcast, so... <laughs> I didn't. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our podcast. Uh, if you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about the show so we continue to we can continue to grow. Um, now we are technically educational. Yay! <laughs> we got a grant yeah, now. We get that PBS grant. Yeah! Yeah. I, di- I did give you genuine tips on fixing your bumper and picking an old lock. I think, right? Did we do any other good tips? We didn't tell people how to do skateboarding, just no. what it meant to do it. 
Fixing your bumper sounds like a euphemism. Mm-hmm. Fix your bumper. It's what it's like, like Jim uh, Tan laundry, fix your bumper. <laughs> oh god. Uh, your flies down and you gotta fix your bumper. <laughs> oh no, what's your bumper in this scenario? <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter, hack the, at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord and talk to us directly by uh, by sending us a message on Mastodon. I'm on Mastodon at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm also on Mastodon, Mastodon.social slash at JeffJK, JeffJK on Snapchat and Instagram. I'm on Mastodon, you can talk to me at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Alright guys, well thanks for listening to the show. Please come back next week. Uh, in the meantime, uh, don't forget to keep your pockets on track. Don't read your comments. Do your job!